welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. It's a big day here at the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. We've got balloons in the office, because what are we celebrating? Our 100th podcast episode. It's crazy to think how far we've been. (laughs) Actually, I'm kind of surprised. I'm like, really? We've recorded 100 episodes? But, I mean, I know how to count, and I can see that we've counted up to 100. Wait, can we talk about how the first podcast episode was at my house, and we thought we could do it with our dogs together, because we're like, this is a great time to get our dogs together, and they can play, and it'll be awesome, and all you could hear were the dogs running around in the background, and then our second podcast episode was at your apartment, and there was a huge fiasco. Nightmare situation. Okay, about the first, the the one where you had mentioned the dogs, that was horrible, and then somebody left a review on Apple Podcasts. They're like, it's a great podcast episode, but I've only listened to two episodes and there was dogs barking in the background. And I was like, listen to the newest ones. And then that time that we recorded at my place with the dogs, my dog went crazy on some guy outside of our apartment who was moving something and he's a herding dog. delivery man. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he was a herding dog and the guy like cornered us against the wall because he was a big old guy and he was coming up the tiny staircase and I was holding Norman, who's a puppy, and Grits, my dog, like holding them back with the leash. And Grits thought he was protecting I me. Protect you, girl. Yeah, and nipped the guy. So that was stressful. But we've come a long way since then. <laughs> Grits has not nipped anyone in two and a half years. By the way, when I say nip, it literally looks like a little tiny pinch. Yeah, it wasn't like the guy was like bleeding everywhere no. or anything like that. But he made a huge deal about it. He did. And. I will say, we haven't had dogs in any episodes. I know. We've learned. (laughs) Unfortunately. So, this dog-free episode is brought to you by the (laughs) moving company guy and the guy that left us a review. So, you're welcome. But we're celebrating today by doing, I guess, kind of, we try to think of something special to do, and we're like, well, we might as well just do a QA. and a Yeah, because we get, people want to ask us questions all the time, so why don't we just do it on air? Yeah. So, we asked our Instagram followers you're not following us already we're at nutrition.awareness on instagram what are some of your biggest nutrition questions we got a few good ones and then we also have a few fun ones that we're going to ask each other just out of curiosity and to mix it up a little bit so these are common questions that we get from a lot of people and things that we think will be fun to discuss on our 100th episode Okay, so number one, is there a connection between stress, cortisol, insulin, and weight stalls? Coming in hot with the heavy questions. Big words. The short answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) The long answer is let's break this down. So I'm going to group stress and cortisol together for this one, even though they're different things that are associated together. So I'm going to assume that the person asking this question is concerned about hormones and weight stalls um, specific to cortisol levels. So cortisol is a hormone that is increased in times of stress. And the interesting thing about cortisol is we are supposed to have 
shots of cortisol throughout the day. In fact, when you first get out of bed, your cortisol is at its peak level because that just motivates you to get up and do things. And then it naturally declines throughout the day or it should in, in healthy levels because you're supposed to unwind and relax. However, there are people who are chronically stressed and so their body is chronically releasing cortisol when it's supposed to be falling. The thing about cortisol is when cortisol is being secreted constantly, another hormone that's being secreted is going to be insulin because glucose is being released from the cells into the blood because your body thinks there's a threat under stress and is trying to give you quick energy to use to run away. The problem is that most people are not running away from the stress of modern society. They're sitting in traffic, they're at a desk, they're arguing with their family. So all this glucose and insulin is being secreted while stress levels are high and your body's not utilizing energy. When people are stressed, they often tend to stress eat and stress drink, which only adds fuel to the fire. And therefore you can conclude, okay, there could be a link between high stress, high insulin, and weight gain or weight stalls. I just said a lot of science. Anything you want to add to that change or correct? I think you're good. Yeah. <laughs> you explained, I mean, you explained it well. It, the bottom line is if your stress levels through the roof, yes, that's going to affect you being able to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, to add an extra layer to this is, well, how do you reduce stress? And we have a lot of clients who say, okay, uh, my number one stress reducing technique is to go to Orange Theory six days a week and run sprints and exercise and do all these really, really, really high intense workouts, which is awesome. However, those are also stress increasing activities and can boost cortisol. And if that's your only stress relief and you are stalling in weight, I would consider adding in something else that's less intense and doesn't add stress to the body. Or just adding other stress relieving techniques because sometimes I think people are lying to themselves Mm. when they say that that is their (laughs) stress relief. Yeah. (laughs) Because they think that's what you want to hear and you're like, so I exercise. But um, what are some other things that we can implement in your day that actually bring down your stress levels throughout the day versus just that one hour Orange Theory Mm -hmm. class? I find a lot of people get really stressed out before they go to those kinds of Mm -hmm. workouts too. Like Mm -hmm. the anticipation of like, oh my God, I'm going to go in there and do a bunch of stuff. So just being really mindful about who you are and not being afraid to maybe swallow your ego and try something else. Yes. Okay. Next question. I'll be on the road for work and packing lunches doesn't appeal to me. Suggestions. Okay. So first thing I have to say is you cannot eat out five days a week for the rest of your life and see any hype type of results. So let's just be real here. <laughs> like anything anything that you're going to get out is going to be higher in calories, higher in unhealthy fats. Like overall, it's probably going to be too big of a portion. So you can't do that every single day and see results. I'm sorry. You just can't. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like biting the bullet. However, I would say is really expanding your idea of what a packed lunch has to mean or what it's looked like. So if you're thinking, okay, it has to be this meal prepped, grilled chicken, rice, broccoli mix. Well, if you pack a healthier lunch, it doesn't have to follow that traditional idea of what you think a lunch has to be. Or even if it's a turkey sandwich and you're burnt out on turkey sandwiches, well, what else can you bring that's healthier that doesn't fit into this container literal mind container of what you think lunch has to look like. Mm -hmm. So opening up your horizons is step one. What else would you say? Um, I'd say like figure out where you're going to be if there are some healthy options, like places I like that have some healthy options. Starbucks, Mm -hmm. Zoe's, Chick-fil-A always has some good options. Um, 
any places that do power bowls, like Chipotle, but you can't eat the whole bowl every day. Mm-mm. You're not going to get any results that way. The sodium in it's too high. Maybe you can do half the bowl one day and half the bowl for dinner or something like that or for the next day. Um, here we have Fresh Kitchen. We have Too Much Sauce, places like that where you can get some healthy options. Any others I'm missing? No, I love that. It's those places where you can really customize the portions and be really mindful about what's being put into your bowl. And like you said, you can't exactly control what or how foods are being prepared. So if you're always relying on a third party, it is harder. But if you have those healthy options as backup and you sprinkle those in a few times a week, it's definitely going to help you get some variety and break up packed lunches. I'd also say I have a lot of clients who take this picnic approach where they don't necessarily um, graze all day. We don't want people just grazing on snacks, but they'll plan to bring two or three really balanced snacks that they sit down and eat that are satisfying. So it's not like you're just having a bag of popcorn here or a pack of trail mix there. They're going to bring something like a cheese stick, apple, and crackers, and they're going to sit down and eat that all at one time. It's just easy and portable and sometimes could be more appealing than keeping a sandwich in a cooler for five hours. And they'll bring two or three things that emulate mini meals that still have a good source of protein and fiber and aren't just eaten mindlessly. Yeah. Something I'm always excited about is peanut butter and jellies. Yeah. <laughs> so you I know posted that, about that the other day. I, yeah, I did. So that's something that you can easily pack all the time. But I would make an agreement with yourself. So packing your lunch isn't exciting to you. Okay, cool. How many days a week is realistic for you to find something that you're excited about? Is mm-hmm. it two days a week? Is it three days a week? Whatever. Make that packed with yourself. But it can't be eating out every single day mm-hmm. forever. One thing that I always think about is not every meal has to be earth-shattering, groundbreaking, (laughs) delicious. And if you tell somebody who's used to eating out for lunch every single day to dial it back a little bit, that can be a bit disappointing, but I promise you get used to it. And so if a peanut butter jelly sandwich doesn't excite you the same way as a soup and salad pasta thing from Olive Garden does sorry no that, shit it's like that's Obviously. just the, sometimes we can't come up with like a like a hack for everything it's just sort of like yeah well, yeah no it, shit yeah. <laughs> so yeah that, that's all we gotta say is tough tough luck <laughs> just eat the fucking sandwich it's like i probably shared this before but i will never forget this conversation i had with my dad and he was saying like i love snickers bars like i want to eat a snickers bar every night after dinner and ice cream and i'm yeah. like you can't like I he's like I don't think you understand like I just think it tastes so good and I'm like I do too yeah Snickers bars taste good ice cream tastes good you can't have it every night you just can't you just can't I mean I mean there's consequences well for him he was saying I want to eat healthier yeah I want to do healthier things and that was one of the things that I was kind of nitpicking at is like the sweets after dinner Mm -hmm. like how do we get you because I was trying to get him to switch over to kind bars and he's like well they just don't taste as good no shit yeah (laughs) we know they don't taste as good as snickers but you're still getting a little chocolate you're getting some protein like what are the allowances that you can make to get the results that you want because you can't just go balls to the wall eating out having desserts every day and still get the results that you want you have to decide what's it worth to you and a silver lining is when you get really used to eating healthier things the cravings for some of those things tend to be less intense agreed 
All right, next question. This one was sent direct message to me. If you've listened to our podcast before, this will make sense. Um, But someone asked me, I know you've talked a lot about limiting alcohol personally. Is there a certain alcohol, quote, allowance? I'm abstaining now to reach a goal weight, but I would like to have a glass of wine back into my life someday. How do you balance this? So I've talked about my own struggles with over-consuming alcohol because I just, I like to be social and alcohol is thrown in the mix, but it's not the healthiest thing for you when put in excess. So we had recorded a podcast all about alcohol, I think maybe what, like five to 10 episodes ago? I should have looked up and seen what episode that is. But we talked a lot about how to include alcohol into your weight loss goals. So I'll answer personally um, some strategies that I've used that work with the caveat that I'm not perfect and I don't always follow these things because I find with things like alcohol or dessert or sugar, you have to go with the flow if you don't want to feel deprived because when I put too many strict boundaries on myself, that's when I tend to overconsume or drink more drinks than I'd wanted to. So I first always gauge the situation and I decide what's worth it and what's not. So if it's just a Tuesday dinner at home, a glass of wine probably isn't worth it to me the same way as if I'm going out to dinner with friends and we're doing a few drinks together for a special occasion. So I always say gauge the situation and decide what's worth it and what's not. And then the second thing that really matters is consider how you want to feel after everything's said and done. So if you don't care how you feel afterward and you just really want to celebrate and soak up the moment and you're drinking to have fun or for whatever reason and you don't care if you feel tired or sluggish the next day, all right, fine, but recognize that that's probably not going to get you closer to your weight loss goals if you overdo it. If you really want to feel good after and you want to have better energy and you're thinking about your weight loss goals, then that's where setting a limit on one or two drinks could really be beneficial. So I'd say those two things, thinking about the occasion and how you want to feel afterward and if it's genuinely worth it or not, have been two things that really, really helped me with allowing myself to have alcohol without overdoing it. I'm just in a weird, like, spot with this personally right now. I just, I didn't drink during pregnancy, obviously. I'm still breastfeeding now, so I just don't drink that often. And since it's been so long since it's really been part of my life, it's kind of a rare thing now. Mm -hmm. It's just if I go to a really great cocktail bar and I know they're going to make me a good drink, maybe I'll have one, but that's about it. Yeah. I'm fed at the point where I like alcohol. I don't want to ever say I can't eat it, but I'm a lot happier. Eat it. Drink it. But I'm a lot happier and I feel better just energy-wise, face puffiness-wise, when I don't have a lot of it. But I'd say if you want to have a glass of wine once in a while, that's literally not an issue. Agreed. Um, I have a fun question for you that is not planned, so I'm going to catch you off guard. I know you don't care for fast food, but if you had to eat (sighs) at a fast food place... Chick-fil-A. Oh, that's it. I mean, if that one counts. Uh, okay. Chick-fil-A, but I'll tell you this. Like, I don't mind Chick-fil-A. I like the french fries at Chick-fil-A. I'm not turned on by the meat there. Mm-hmm. Even the grilled nuggets to me have, like, that chewy fatty part on them, and I don't mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. If I had to, I'd go to Chick-fil-A, and I'd get a vanilla milkshake and the french fries with Chick-fil-A sauce. Okay, now we're on this. What's your favorite guilty pleasure food? Oh, I have a lot. I mean, guilty pleasure um, definitely dessert. I'm a dessert person and chicken nachos with queso. <laughs> I love tortilla chips and queso and guac. Like that to me is kryptonite. That's a damn. And I like desserts and sweets. 
desserts like ice cake desserts like brownies honestly all of them everyone but pie i like baked goods like cake i like cakey texture i don't love donuts unless they're cake donuts um i like cookies and i like anything with ice cream so ice cream and a waffle cone and i'm like a kid i want to dip the waffle cone in the chocolate and put the sprinkles on it (laughs) (laughs) i gotta tell you this weekend i went to out to my parents house just to hang out with them and 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 spend some time and we got ice cream and we it was raining outside (laughs) so it's like me and my parents in an ice cream parlor (laughs) like i'm 12 and i'm eating a waffle cone (laughs) (laughs) and it's pouring outside and you're like their parents are like she made a spring bring her here what's yours um side note i had a client who's doing the dap program and she sends me pictures of her food and she sent me something and it looked like just a bowl of sprinkles with like a little (laughs) bit of ice cream in it and i'm like did you tell them like double extra sprinkles she's like no it just it just just happened that way Um, I would say a guilty pleasure would be dessert as well. So some type of like brownie or brookie, like cookie mm-hmm. brownie put together situation is probably my favorite thing. With ice cream on it or plain? Um, so I'm very picky about temperature when it comes to brownies and cookies. I need my brownie to be cold. Oh, yeah, so you I told want me it this. to be in the refrigerator. So if I don't want a warm brownie with cold ice cream. I know people love mm. that, but that's just not my jam. And I also really? don't like cookies straight out of the oven either. I need it to be room temperature. Okay, Satan. <laughs> I want my cookies <laughs> to be room temperature. I want my brownies to be cold. If the brownie is cold, it can come with ice cream. Gotcha. All right, noted. I think you've told me that before, and I remember thinking it was weird, and I still think it's weird. But you know what? If that's the weirdest thing to eat besides Wendy's breakfast. By the way, I drove past a Wendy's the other day by my house, and it said all-day breakfast or something on it. And I was like, maybe I'll get you a gift card for there for your next special occasion so you can go get breakfast whenever you want. So these things come up in my news feed now. So, like, on my Google News, you know how they, like, learn what you're interested in and then give you news articles according to that so i saw something come up the other day it was like wendy's in is investing so many million dollars in their breakfast campaign so i'm sure you'll all be seeing it a lot more now (laughs) (laughs) they're targeting you also subway can we talk about what's going on with subway right now like none of apparently none of their food is real food oh yeah they did testing on their tuna and it's not even fish yeah i mean (laughs) what yeah that's gross i I, first of all when anybody tells me they're still going to subway i'm like are they in business i don't know because i'm like there's so many better sub places I know. jimmy john's hello i mean firehouse so good all of these places are so much better i'm like you're going to subway it's not even cheap anymore uh-uh. like it used to be cheap and i get it i used to eat there all the time in college and i remember the guy who worked at our subway um on campus he was always stoned and he was really funny and so he to me was like oh i'm gonna go to subway so i can see the stone guy and he was just always cracking up but now I look at it, and I'm like, I can taste in my mouth what I was eating, and it doesn't, like, I can remember what it tasted like, yeah. and it didn't taste like a sandwich I'd make at home. You know what I mean? Because there was something odd about the texture of everything, the bread, the meat. And you smell when you leave a Subway. Yeah. You can't get that smell off of you. Wait, if you same with the Panera. Oh, I haven't noticed that about Panera. I've told you about my Panera. I always walk out there and I smell like Panera. Does this mean Panera's? I'm not spreading rumors. I don't know. Yeah, Subway needs to go. But hey, speaking of Subway, I used to get those egg white breakfasts back in my college <laughs> dining days. The flat egg. Yes. 
egg white flats or something like that? It was literally like a tortilla of egg white, which... And I'd put it on a bread with cheese and they'd toast it. Uh And people... I had a client literally before you came to record the podcast ask me, is it okay to eat eggs or should I be eating egg whites? And I was like, well, first off, do you like egg whites? And she said, no, they smell. They stink up my kitchen. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So no, don't eat the egg whites. But what would you say about the eggs? Um, I would say never eat an egg white. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. I I wouldn't say never, but why? It doesn't taste like anything. I think where people get really tripped up with it is when they have this really high protein goal that they're trying Mm -hmm. to meet Mm -hmm. and they struggle to get protein. It's like, all right, like if you really struggle, I think there's tastier ways to get protein in, but don't not include the yolk. But also asking like, why are you trying to hit this certain protein goal? Because if your protein goal is 200 grams and you weigh 115 pounds, (laughs) stop. Yeah. Stop what you're doing. No need to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, the egg yolk has all the good stuff Mm -hmm. in it, all the good nutrients in it. And eggs got a bad reputation um, because some of the studies showed that they increase cholesterol. So, an egg itself is higher in cholesterol, but we know that just because a food is high in cholesterol, that doesn't necessarily increase the cholesterol in your body. And it matters what you're having that egg with. So, when people in these nutrition questionnaires that had higher cholesterol or had cardiovascular events were saying they had more eggs in a week, they were having those eggs with things like bacon or a white English muffin. So if you go to McDonald's and you have an egg on a white English muffin, which is simple carbohydrates, with bacon or ham, which is a processed meat, which also increases cholesterol, with cheese, which is a saturated fat, which also increases cholesterol, that is much, much different than having an egg with avocado on a piece of sprouted green toast. I've said it over and over again. It's not the food or the specific nutrient that you need to stay away from or demonize or whatever. It's look at that meal as a whole, look at your day mm-hmm. as a whole. So if someone's asked me, can I have an egg every day, but they're eating it with shit that doesn't make sense or <laughs> stuff that's going to make it worse for them, then no, maybe you can't have an egg every day if you have to have it with bacon or you have to have it with pancakes or whatever. But if you're eating an egg in a smart way with maybe you're doing like a veggie scramble or something like that with fruit on the side, like that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, don't take an egg out of the mix because you're worried about your cholesterol in that situation. Yep, couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. The next question I have for you, if you could only eat five foods for the rest of your life, what would they be and why? And they can be for taste or health. Okay, so my immediately my brain goes to what are the foods that are going to give me the most nutritional bang for my buck yep. um, and the things that I eat most often. So I would say Greek yogurt because I have that in my house all the time. I get the huge things from Costco. It's always there. Peanut butter because it goes with everything. Um, I would say bread. I don't want to live a life without bread. Sourdough? Yeah, like some kind of a good, because then I can put my peanut butter with my bread and then eat the yogurt as like my sweet thing. Chocolate, can't, usually can't go a day in my life without eating chocolate. And then the other one, maybe eggs because they're versatile and I need something in there that's got some more protein and you can do different things Mm -hmm. with it. We have a lot of similarities, so this bums boring. me out. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna, I'll, are so boring. No, I can mix up. I would French say, fries. Yeah. Eat for taste. <laughs> um, I would say eggs, for sure, and Greek yogurt, two of my favorites. I'm not going to say peanut butter. I'm going to say almond butter. Mm-hmm. Because different. <laughs> I would also say wild-caught salmon, although I couldn't eat that every single day. 
I would like to have that often because it's just so satisfying to me. It's my favorite thing. And if I die of mercury poison, so be it. I don't think I'd want to live a life where I could only eat five foods. And I would say the fifth food that I would put in there would probably be, I'm going to do this one for taste and for fun, would probably be, okay, no, everyone's going to hate me for what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Can I do like a baked, like something that has more than one ingredient? Or no. Be, okay, it has to be one ingredient. No. <laughs> okay, well then I'm going to say cheese. I okay. love cheese. Okay. I mean, it's pretty dairy heavy with the yogurt and the cheese, so, you know, but whatever. I love cheese and cheese, but wait, what, but cheesy eggs, that would be good for me. You I would like that. You could put that together, yes. Yeah. Uh, rapid fire, what was your favorite cereal as a kid? Uh, Cocoa Puffs. Okay, mine was Fruity Pebbles. Okay. Second would be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ooh, that was a good one. There was this one my mom used to buy that looked like dog food, and we thought it was healthy because it was like oat bran crunch, but it had so much sugar in it. it <laughs> like, I was like, how does this look so bad? It tastes so good. Yeah. Did you ever eat Yoplait yogurts as a kid, like the squeezable ones? No. Like from a tube? I had the Trix ones oh, that yeah. came from the tube, though. But did they come from the tube or from like the little containers? They have both, I yeah. think, yeah. Can you imagine eating yogurt from a tube right now? So, I just bought Liam yogurt pouches. Okay. So, that's a new thing now. Hmm, something about the pouch is less creepy to me than a tube. So, Stonyfield actually has these whole milk yogurt pouches that are sweetened with, like, strawberries. They have beets in them, hmm. mango, all this kind of stuff. It's, like, actually good for the kids. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah, That is great. very on brand with how people eat these days, where yeah. our moms were just tossing us Doritos in. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you ate as a kid that you could not imagine giving Liam that you personally that you've never given oh okay this is easy I used to come home from school this was probably before sports started because I would ride the bus home neither of my parents would be home so it was probably like fourth fifth grade and eat these little packets of rice that came in a square box with seasoning so kind of like a ramen noodles but rice mm-hmm. and all these different flavors and i would make myself one of those every day after school and eat it out of the pan every day like, yeah gross yeah but you probably thought it was so good i and it was one of the only things i knew how to cook so so and like microwave hot dogs just stick a hot dog in the microwave i used to eat those with the cheese up. in them <laughs> yeah. my parents and i were talking about that the other day about how i would just zap them like a, I would put the cheese stuffed hot dog in a microwave, or I would eat bologna and cheese wraps. Ooh. Chef Boyardee, those rounds, little, those like round ravioli, the like all the stuff with the orange sauce that all the kids eat. And like, stain their mouth. Yeah, he's not getting that. Yeah, I never even liked those as a kid, but I remember there was this girl at my lunch table who used to bring like a thermos of Chef Boyardee and it would stain the outside of her mouth, it was, like <laughs> bright orange. I'm like, that is not how food's supposed to be. <laughs> even then, you knew it wasn't supposed to dye your face like that. Mm-mm. I used to eat these little meals. I don't know if anybody looks listening is going to remember this but if so i'm blasting you to the past but it was these kids meals that had little penguins on kids them cuisine. that was called, called kids, kids, cuisine? Cu- kids cuisine i would yeah. i went nuts for those like a oh, yeah. dog for dog food everybody did yeah but because they had the little mac and cheese they had the little brownie or the apple pie yep. on the side and yep. it was like the, some kind of chicken nugget or whatever and then like three little green beans that nobody ate yeah <laughs> yep yep okay another question for you can you eat fruit and lose weight? Yes. <laughs> Get that question probably yes. twice a week. Can I? Is fruit good? Can I eat fruit? Is fruit bad? 
I get specific questions a lot, like which fruit's better? And I'm like, no, that's tit for tat. Like if you want to like weigh the nutrient composition and really talk about the serving size, like I'm not going to do that with people anymore. Yeah. So yes, you can eat fruit. The answer is eat the fruit that you like. The only thing I'd say is try to pair that fruit as part of a meal or as a snack with some kind of fat or protein. Agreed. Happy 100. Happy 100. <laughs> if I had champagne right now, I'd clink it with you. You know what? I think there's some in the fridge. It's been in there for a while, but... Yeah. But it's a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon, and yeah. I still have clients, and you have a doctor's appointment and, like, a child. But right. I hope you guys have enjoyed our first 100 episodes, yeah. and here's to the next 100. Yeah. Thanks for sticking around long enough to let us get to 100. Thanks, Bye. guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.